Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Conversations podcast with me, Sophia DeSantis, and I am so excited to be here today with my guest, Sharon. Um, This is episode 52, and we are going to chat all things food waste, which I'm really excited about um, because I love it. uh, When I cook, like the whole food wasting is almost like a game to me. I always tell my husband that one of my favorite things ever and this is so weird. And this shows, shows how, um, how lame I probably am, but I, nothing more I love than at the end of like a whole week, having the fridge and cabinet, like cleared, knowing that I used every single thing that I shopped for. It's just like this crazy, like amazing feeling. So, um, I'm excited for this episode. Um, Sharon, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, um, the amazing place you live in all that good stuff. Hi, it's, it's great to be here. Um, I'm a registered dietitian. I live in Ojai, California. I just moved here a year ago. So I'm really excited to be in this sustainability Mecca. Um, it's, I'm surrounded by local organic farms. I'm growing my own food and it's just a really special place in, in California, kind of the Southern California area. And I'm a registered dietitian with my master's in sustainable food systems. So I'm really passionate about plant-based nutrition and sustainability. I've written a few books, uh, The Plant-Powered Diet, Plant-Powered for Life, and my new book is California Vegan, and it's about the plant-based lifestyle in California with the history and the diversity and the ingredients, but also hopefully inspiring people, no matter where they live, to eat more of a, you know, this healthy, open-air, fresh, diverse sort of uh, delicious plant-based cooking. And so, and I have a blog, I have... um, very popular blog and social media community, as well as uh, an Instagram live uh, TV uh, plant-based cooking show every Thursday. So I'm really excited about talking about food waste too, because like you, I'm really passionate about this topic and I love it as well. When my, I love that feeling um, that before I go shopping, that my kitchen is all clean and my refrigerator is almost empty. I feel like I did a good job of planning when that happens. Yes, totally. Isn't that like, it's almost, it kind of like makes you just feel like successful in a way like, oh, I, you know, it's, it, it's like everything I thought I was doing, I was doing and that that feeling of success is, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I just need a new hobby, but I love it. <laughs> I know it's, it's a great feeling and food waste is a, is a huge issue. So I think that's a, good to be proud of, of, you know, being organized and, and reducing the amount of waste. And I have to apologize because my doggies are here with me today. And so they're making a little bit of noise, but they're part of my life and my office. They keep me company here every day. <laughs> I love it. I love having dog guests on. So don't even worry <laughs> about it. Um, yeah. And, you know, one thing too, is I've been really, um, I've kind of, as my path kind of has gone on in my business, um, I see, you know, uncover almost, I, I look at, I look at it as like layers of who truly I am. And I feel like, you know, life is just kind of a path. And, and as we grow, things kind of come uncovered. And one of the newest things for me, I mean, not new, but new ish is um, just mindfulness and 
being in the moment. And I've, I've recently thought a lot about, you know, when it comes to food waste and planning and using what you have is that when you're, when you're successful at that, and you're actually using everything, you're really, um, it, it really is included in mindfulness and being present in the moment and aware and, and knowing um, what you want before, you know, you go to the store, being able to have a purpose with everything. So um, that's another reason why I just love this conversation today um, all about food waste because I think it's really connected with it. Yeah, I agree. I do think it's it's more than just, uh, you know, avoiding throwing things out. It's really, like you say, it is part of being mindful and thoughtful about how much you, you know, not just thinking about uh, saving the money, but actually what it took to grow that food that a farmer yes. has a lot of time and they use soil and, you know, and water that's a precious commodity. And, you know, that yes. it's not about just buying more and more and more. It's using what we have and, uh, and valuing that. I love what you're, what you're thinking about that. Absolutely. Well, let's take a little bit of a step back for people that might be new to this um, idea. Um, why don't you tell everybody what just in general, what is food waste? Like what are, cause it's, it's more than like what you just said that just, you know, throwing food away. What is food waste in general and what does it encompass? Yes. Well, food waste is whenever we discard completely edible, nutritious, healthy food. So we're not talking about food that's gone bad. You know, like we're talking about food, we're wasting food that could be eaten. So, you know, this is a huge problem. About 40% of our food supply is wasted. This huge. So when you think about that's almost half, half of food that is, is being grown and produced here. And it's even more of a concern when you think about animal foods, you know, that the animals have to live this life and suffer. And then, you know, you know, people even waste that, that, you know, is another whole issue, but, but um, you know, we're wasting a lot more food than people think they are. And a lot of people think food waste is happening. Oh, it's happening in the farm. It's happening in the factory. No, it's happening at the consumer level. The far, you know, majority, vast majority of food waste is happening within your circle, with, you know, with your practices at the grocery store, when you order at the restaurants, when you're cooking at home. So that means that you have responsibility. There's a lot of food waste happening at the restaurant and supermarket level too, but a lot of it is in complete control in, in your household and your lifestyle. And the, the big issue here is that we're using all of these resources to produce healthy, nutritious, delicious foods that we're wasting at the same time that we, you know, we have food insecurity, you know, 12% of Americans report that they're hungry. They don't even have enough food to eat, but yet we're wasting 40% of our food. So it's a huge issue. I love um, what you just said about the same time we have food insecurity. And that is a, another kind of newish, you know, area that I'm really um, becoming passionate in is we have so many, like, you know, online, in the online world, we have so many people that talk about, you know, nutritious, wholesome plant-based foods and eat more plants and they're good for you. And a lot of that is really um, laced with some um, idea that if you can't afford organic, if you can't afford superfoods, if you can't afford all these things, then, then you're not doing it right. Whereas the reality is that so many people in this country, they do want to be healthier. You know, they do want, but it's in their mind, it's, well, I can't afford it. I can't do this. And, and I'm um, start going to start, you know, doing a lot more of um, 
how to make this recipe with what you can find. And I did that during the beginning of our shutdown with COVID and everything, did a lot of pantry type meals. Um, but I think I, I want to circle back to it and talk about, you know, like you just said, like, there's so much food insecurity today, yet there's so much waste and it's maddening, right? Like, it's just, how is this even happening? Like, why, why are we in this situation? Yeah, exactly. It's, it is maddening. And I, and I really applaud what you're doing because I agree the plant-based movement is really, you know, in many, many ways, it's kind of this elite movement. It can't where it's like, you have to go to expensive stores and you have to buy these really expensive ingredients. And, you know, it's for upper socioeconomic class. And that should not be that way. It should be for everybody accessible to all. And when we look at food cultures around the world, they are often plant-based, you know, it, it can be the least expensive way to eat. You know, and you think about like, for example, in um, Central America, the tradition of beans and rice and seasonal vegetables, you know, that's an inexpensive way to eat. And I think that this ties into this whole idea that food waste doesn't have to be, I mean, I mean plant-based can go along with eating more simple, reducing food waste, valuing simple foods, you know, it doesn't have to be this expensive, complicated way of eating. So I'm, I'm really glad you're highlighting that. Totally. And it's so true because, you know, I come at it from the perspective of a mom who runs a business, has three kids and holy moly, this last year, I mean, last week was the first time I didn't have a child in my home for over a year because my kids were home for a lot of it. But then when they started hybrid, my children were split. So I always had a child home. And I can't even tell you like how freeing it has been <laughs> the last week. I'm like, so giddy and I'm actually getting stuff done. But for me, a lot of my recipes and brand is from the perspective of a busy mom. However, that really can be tied in to the perspective of you know, lower socioeconomic areas that like these people are essential workers, they are out there working all the time. And, you know, they don't get to spend time with their kids, like so many of us are just blessed to be able to afford to do that. Um, So reducing the amount of time it takes to get a healthy meal on the table is so important for that family bonding and that togetherness. And you don't have to do it fancy. The most simple meals meals are literally our go-to ones all the time. And our main meal that we make our kids when we have busy night is literally frozen peas and pasta um, with some sort of like, you know, protein on the side, or, you know, maybe we use a bean pasta or whatever, and it uses frozen vegetables. So it's like, it can be done. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it really can. Yeah. I think that's so important in our world with plant-based food and, you know, writing and talking about food and sharing these beautiful photos that we also let people understand that this is, you don't have to eat this way with these gorgeous photos every single night. I mean, I have my go-to meals and I may be cooking something really nice, like a couple, you know, two or three days a week or something. And this is my world, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that you can eat healthy and delicious with really simple, you know, things you can get completely on the table in under 30 minutes, not a lot of cleanup, you know, one pot meals that there's nothing wrong with that, you know, eating. Yes. Yes, totally. And I think a lot of people assume that those of us that have these businesses that create these beautiful pictures and these meals that 
that's what our food always looks like. And I try really hard to do like, I, my big thing with my, I'm always in my Instagram stories and I'm, I'm like diehard realist in my Instagram stories. I am not sugarcoating things. I am showing people the real life. And I really try to show like our ugly every day. Like I say ugly because it's compared to the photos that I take, but people don't realize like I spend an entire day. I batch all my work and I spend an entire day photographing the recipes I'm photographing that day, like an entire day. It's not, you know, that is not what my regular meals look like at all. <laughs> yes. I think it's really, I'm seeing a trend where people are showing what they really, eat. you know, like people yes. in the food blogging and social media world. And I think that's a good trend because, yes, you know, we need, it needs to be realistic. I think it can be inspirational. It can be both. I always tell people, you know, like on your good night, like for me, Sunday night's a really good night. My farmer's market's on Sunday and I love to cook something really creative on Sunday night. So like on these good nights for you, that can be the day when you actually pull out a recipe and try something new, but find these really easy go-to solutions that everybody loves. You know, you have the ingredients on hand and that really should form the bulk of your of your yes. diet. And then one other tip I have, which kind of talks more about the food waste is I, I do this thing on Thursday and my, uh, we have a Swedish family. My husband's Swedish, our whole half of the family lives in Sweden. So there's some, a term called smorgasbord. And that's like yes. literally a, t a table full of food. Um, and we just pull everything out of the refrigerator on Thursday. And literally we're just eating all the leftovers up. So Thursday they're gone. Plus, you know, like if, you know, a salad, I kind of fill in, uh, you know, like maybe make a big salad, open a can of beans and put them in the salad or whatever, whatever is kind of missing in that meal, but it's makes cooking really easy. You get rid of all, all that space. And then you're ready for the weekend. If you're doing your shopping. Yes. I love that. We do smorgasbords all the time. I love that. Um, <laughs> you said that we do like it's like kind of a, we call it a throw together meal and yeah, there's no rules. There's no rules that you can, you can't mix cuisines. I mean, oftentimes we have leftovers, random leftovers and we just mix cuisines. And the best thing about that is actually when you have kids too, if you set up the different options and let your kids go through and decide like what they want to eat, it, it actually increases the chances that they're going to eat it without making a big deal about it because they have a choice, which is, um, which is all, all awesome because with three children, they're not always getting their favorite stuff. And if we have leftovers from the week, they can go back to like one of the things of the week that they liked. So. Yeah, I love that. There's actually research that shows that kids will eat health, you know, eat more vegetables and all this stuff just to have more choices in front of them. Yes. Like yes. they eventually, you know, they may not eat at that time, but they saw it once, maybe next time. So I always did that with my kids as I gave them. Yes a lot of little choices and maybe they didn't take it all, but, but they, they were more opt to, you know, apt to yes. other time. Well, I remember I read somewhere that it was, um, it takes between 25 and 30 positive experiences with a food before a child can figure out whether they actually really like it. So, yeah. um, totally. So um, don't so, give up. That's the, the no. story. I mean, as a dietitian, it broke my heart. I had one son that was so picky and I was like, Oh, but now he eats everything. I mean, every vegetable and he's like basically, you know, every bean, every whole grain, like it's just crazy. So don't give up. <laughs> they are, that gives me such hope because <laughs> I have one of those too. 
Um, so tell me, why do you think like when it comes to food waste, you know, we have this discrepancy. What, what do you think it is that's happening? Why do you think we have such a big problem? Well, there are a lot of things going on. One of the biggest issues um, in this country is that our food is relatively inexpensive when, you know, there's a measurement they look at per in countries, like how much, what percentage of, of your income is going towards food. And America has one of the lowest. So as a percentage of our average income, we spend very little on food. Food is very cheap in the United States. Um, and I, I do want to keep in mind that a lot of people are food insecure, but just as a purely statistical, you know, measurement, um, you know, we, we don't value our food because it's relatively cheap. So, you know, if something is expensive, then like every little bit of it, oh, it's like, I don't want to waste that. So there is that issue that we don't value our food. We're disconnected from our food system. A lot of us have never been to farms. We're removed. We don't understand what goes into growing food. And so, you know, we just know it shows up in some styrofoam tray in the supermarket or in a clamshell container. And we just don't really stop to think about the fact what goes into that, that there was soil, water, fossil fuels, you know, in conventional produce, pesticides have to be made and fertilizers, all of this stuff and not, and then transportation and packaging. So, um, you know, that's one of the big issues. And the other issue we have in, in this country is we have this perfection principle where literally another thing, we're not connected with our food. So literally an apple has to be perfect. If it's got one little blemish, oh, I'm not going to buy that apple. Like, but if you have an apple tree at home, uh, you know how hard it is to grow apples, a whole tree of apples without one little blemish. So that's another thing. Like if, if you're at a supermarket, people actually won't buy the, the one little item that has one little tiny you know, uh, imperfection, even the size, like if it's an oblong tomato or oval tomato, rather than the perfect round one, all these things, you know, our food system is so uh, um, centralized and so standardized that you're, you expect things to look the same all the time. So that's another big issue. And then one other big issue is we don't understand the expiration dates on, on packages. So people look at that date and they think they have to throw it out when a lot of these are best by dates. So that means it's just best, like the quality is best, but that doesn't always mean that it's spoiled. So people are literally looking at those dates and just tossing things, even though they may not be spoiled. That is such a good point. All those are amazing points. I mean, all of them, but yes, I, I actually have this argument with my husband all the time is he'll look at something and it says best by, and he's like, well, we can't eat it. And I'm like, did you taste it? Because ultimately the best, you know, when it comes to produce, you can see if it's going bad. And even for me, like if I have a zucchini or something that on one end is soft, you know, he'll like toss it. I'm like, what? Just cut it off. It's totally fine. You know, you don't have to. And then like for greens that start to wilt, like I just saute those, you know, instead of eating them as a salad. And he, we always, we get into it sometimes because he's just like, well, it's expired. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just as best buy. You can still have it. It's fine. Taste it. If it tastes fine, it's fine. You know, like yeah. spoiled food tastes bad. It doesn't. Um, and same with like bread. If it has like a little mold on it, I'm like, yeah, cut it off. It's totally not a big deal. But yeah. he is weird about that. You're so right. That's so funny. 
Yeah, it's a big problem. That's a big result uh, of food, a big cause of food waste. Another thing um, is, uh, you know, so, so we've got the issue of like the expiration dates, but then the other thing uh, I wanted to add is portion sizes. So in America, we really love large portion sizes. This is mm-hmm. absolutely factual. You can compare it to other countries and we have bigger portion sizes in restaurants. We have larger plates. All of these things are going in, even the package sizes of prepared foods in the supermarket are larger in average than they are, you know, for, uh, compared to other countries. And so in the U S we have big portions everywhere. So a lot of times you literally can't eat that much. So then you'll just throw the rest away, whether it's on your own dinner plate at home or especially at restaurants, you know, we have, so that's another big area behind food waste. Um, that's a really good point. Um, it's so true. My husband and I, when like, when we go out, like sometimes our tastes are very different. And especially now that I unfortunately can, I cannot eat gluten anymore. So I have very specific, you know, um, uh, things that I have to order, but a lot of the times we in the past have always gone out and we've split things like we'll split an appetizer. We'll split a main meal and we'll split a dessert and we are super satisfied. And that's a big thing. Like I, you know, in my wellness coaching and stuff, like I talk a lot about that. And even with my kids that we in America, we eat, everything we do is like, has to be quick and now and fast. We don't. And that's part of mindfulness is when you're eating, stopping to savor and being in the moment and being aware and so many times, like we'll go and we'll scarf something down and we'll just keep eating until it's done. And then you feel terrible after because you're so full because your brain hasn't had enough time to catch up and tell you I'm full. So when we eat slowly, we tend to eat less because we're giving our bodies time to tell us that they're full. And therefore, like you said, like when the portion is really big, you know, you're overeating, which is contributing to a whole nother, you know, topic and issue. Um, But when you do eat slow, and you have leftovers, I always save it for the next day, and you're getting two meals instead of one. And it's, it's such a problem. And you know, some people obviously will throw it away, like you just said, but um, it's so true, everything has to be bigger, everything has to be faster. Um, And I definitely agree with you that I think a lot of our culture um, contributes to some of this stuff for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love what you said about you just save it for another meal, because if you, you know, one thing you can actually do is when you're at a restaurant and you know, it's, it's a big portion size, just immediately cut it in half. So yeah. you're not tempted to start picking away at it and just say, okay, I'm going to have this for lunch tomorrow. I don't have to worry about lunch. Then you don't feel like you're still getting your value, you know, and, and yes. you're still enjoying that meal. Um, so that's one thing you can do, or even like share it, like share it with the friend, who, whoever you're dining with, like say, oh, this is going to be really big. Let's split this. Okay. So yes. then you're, you're still valuing it. You're, you know, you're enjoying it and you're not, you know, you're getting your money's worth and all of that. So uh, I think that's really important, but you know, I've been just so many times eating out and, you know, and I do see more and more people taking leftovers home, but so many times people go, oh, it's not worth taking it home. But that's like, you know, it's like fourth of your plate, you know, yeah, a fourth of that could, you know, eat it with a salad tomorrow and you're done for lunch. You don't have to worry. And, and that adds up over your whole, you know, you know, the month, the year, and everybody's doing this. Just think how much food is wasted, you know? 
I know. And actually, one thing we, I, I, my husband and I have done a few times, um, and actually my mom um, and I used to do this too, is if we were to go out somewhere, like, you know, obviously a lot of big cities have a lot of homeless um, population. And we used to take leftovers if we didn't want them ourselves. And we would, when we would walk back to our car, you would always encounter somebody homeless and we used to give it to them. Um, as, I yeah, that. I mean, because it's like, you know, I, it breaks my heart to think that like, you know, you have this, I, I, I don't like wasting food, especially thinking of all the people out there. And today, you know, as you know, our problem and our situation with COVID and everything has contributed to so many more people losing their jobs, losing their homes. Um, and I just, I love that idea of just finding, you know, if you're obviously not everywhere, this is going to work, but taking it and giving it to somebody who really truly would love it (laughs) no matter what it is. Absolutely. I love that practice. You know, it's a, a great way to, you know, to, to redistribute these important, nutritious, healthy foods. And there's so many people that aren't getting them. In fact, this is one big discussion right now, you know, is like, how do we, uh, take all of this food that's about to be wasted and get it in the hands of uh, food banks or shelters where they need this food. So, you know, there are a lot of people trying to work out ways, like for example, you know, when you're working in a restaurant or like you've been at a buffet at a a brunch or as things are starting to open up, we can think about these things again, like when you're at a convention (laughs) and there's so much food and you know, it's all gonna get thrown out. Like how can hotels, get that to a food bank or a shelter. This is a big thing going on right now, how to connect these sources of food with people that need the food. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even like restaurants at the end of the night, things that they haven't used that, you know, they won't use the next day. I mean, there has to be ways to get that to the people, you know, redistribute it. But it's the whole, I think, you know, like what you said about the um, the cost of our food, while while some people might be listening to go, this is so not true. It's exorbitant to how much I paid for whatever, what, what you said compared to other countries. And it's, you're to- it's totally true. I lived, I'm first generation Greek. My parents are immigrants here to this country. And I actually lived in Greece for a year. Um, my junior year of college, I, I um, dropped out of UC Davis where I was going and I went to Greece. Um, there was no um, exchange program for the Greek language at the time. It was all like art and history and I was pre-med. And so I actually, my dad's a scientist, so had connections at the um, biology university on the island of Crete. And so I quit Davis and I went to school in Crete as just like a regular student for um, one year. And I comparing the cultures, cause you know, I grew up Greek, but living in another country really opened your eyes to so many things. And it's just, you know, we are so, we definitely have so many privileges here and have so many things accessible. But one thing there is that I remember like people don't stock their fridge like they do here. Like you want bread, you go to the bakery and you get fresh bread and they even sell day old bread that people use like in Greece, um, Greek salads. Uh, Fresh bread is great. But people actually use day old bread by cutting it and putting it in the salad as kind of like a, a crouton, I guess you could say, but like it's part instead of dipping the fresh bed. So um, uh, all the like, you know, dairy products, all those things that 
it's not as common as it is here to just buy in bulk and keep it. You get things fresh. And so you get it as you need it. And it is a lot more expensive. Like people don't get a thing of, I don't know, yogurt and eh, it's not good. I'm going to throw it away. Like it just doesn't really happen there. Exactly. Yeah. I, I have been all over the world studying food cultures and they have smaller refrigerators even, you know, like, yes, they don't stock up. You know, we have this Costco mentality, not to put down Costco, but this stock yes. up mentality where we buy large amounts and, you know, uh, it's not, it's not common in other countries. And no, like when you look at poor nations, you should see the percentage income people are spending in developing nations on food because their incomes are so much lower. So we have yes. high incomes, you know, in yes. average on average. And if you, if you have a nation full of lower incomes, the food, the amount of money, uh, of, you know, the percentage of their income going to food is really high. So well, we are lucky. And also, you know, segueing to like on that, on like the whole plant-based diet is, is plants traditionally in a lot of countries, like you said, especially those lower income, they're the, it's the bulk of their diet because um, meat and animal products really are reserved for special occasions on account of the fact that it's expensive. So, so many countries predominantly have plant-based diets because of that issue with income and being able to afford all these things that we take for granted in, and many people in our country eat multiple times a day, you know, you, you know, steak dinners, things like that. I mean, people eat that like it's, you know, an apple you took out of the fridge and in other countries, they eat that kind of stuff on celebration time and things like that. It's not um, something that, you know, is eaten like it is here. Exactly. Um, exactly. Um, all, you know, the indigenous diets, traditional diets around the world are plant-based because of necessity, you know, like they couldn't yes. afford those foods, you know, and we're a wealthy nation. So that's why we eat more, you know, we're yeah. always, we're usually the top, um, you know, we usually are the top uh, eater of meat, you know, in terms of looking at other yes. nations, we eat more than other nations, three times the global average. And that is, and that's particularly heartbreaking, as I mentioned before, when you look at food waste, I mean, here we are, you know, we are this high meat intaking intake society and then you know you see people order this huge steak and what it got to get to the plate and then they just eat half of it you know that's right it's bad enough but then when you put that into the whole equation it even it's it's just so sad you know well and that's where we have you know where we've ended up kind of where we are with this whole you know COVID epidemic like it it all goes down to the um you know bigger better um, how are we going to shove how many animals in one area so we can produce more? And, and, you know, for example, going back to Greece only because I, you know, I not only went back every single summer from the time I was a child, but lived there that, you know, the people there that, you know, they, they know where their, their animal products come from. They raise them, they have them. And my mom grew up extremely poor. I mean, she grew up in the villages of Greece in the mountains and they had food insecurity. They didn't know if they were going to eat every day. And, they raised their own food and then they would go to like, you know, a center area and trade. And like, my mom tells me how, yes, they raised their lambs for a year. You know, they would raise them and then they would eat them because that's what they did. That was their um, 
way of life, but they knew where that was coming. And you know that they used every single part of that animal. And as, as you know, horrible as it sounds like, oh, they raised this, you know, wonderful creature, then they killed it. But that was their food. Like they knew where that that's what they, what was happening. And with food insecurity and knowing, you know, like when you don't know if you're going to eat, like this is part of the, the cycle of it. Whereas here, like you just said, these factory farms are, you know, people don't know. It's just these factory farms shove as many animals as they can. And, and then people eat a couple bites and they're like, oh, I'm done. And it's just, it's a whole different mentality. So different. Absolutely. Um, so what are some ways that, um, going forward, like people that are listening, like, what are some ways we can help reduce food waste? Like, what are some things, tips, ideas, um, what should we do to reduce? Well, one of the first things I like to, you know, remind people about is just not overbuying to begin with and being a little more organized. Like, you know, if you have a food shopping day, a lot of people shop on the weekends, um, you know, try to like do a little inventory, you know, just, it doesn't have to take a lot of time, just a few minutes, you know, like look through your refrigerator, pull everything to the front that you need to use up. And, you know, kind of make a little list and don't overbuy, just buy what you really need for the week. Um, and the same thing with your pantry. I mean, the pantry items do last longer, but tons of people throw out pantry stuff because they forget that they have it. It's way back in there and maybe it goes rancid or if you have pest problems, you know, sometimes you get pantry moths or whatever because it's just been back there too long. So also, you know, trying to keep that organized so that you're you're not buying things needlessly. That's gonna save you money too. Uh, and then when you do go shopping with your list, you're not overbuying, you immediately get organized in your refrigerator again, like putting things, you know, pulling the things that need to be used up first and then putting the, the things that you just bought behind there so that those things get used up and they don't get forgotten, keeping things neat and organized so that, you know, a lot of times you'll find like a little carton of strawberries that got pushed way back and you wanted to eat those strawberries and you forgot, but they just got pushed way back to the back of your fridge and then you forgot them. So, you know, like that rotating things to keep the, the things that need to be used up first, um, easy to access. Um, and when it, when we talk about this also, uh, as you buy your new produce, produce is one thing that we waste a lot on it's because it has, it's highly perishable, right? So a lot of our food waste is on produce. So, uh, you know, when you bring your produce home, put it in, an, in, in your produce bins and your refrigerator will last a little longer. You can use storage bags. I use these canvas uh, reusable storage bags to organize my produce. And I, I start cooking with the things that are more perishable first. So that would be my tender leafy greens, my berries, my uh, peas, things like that, that I know need to be used up quickly. And then use your staples that last longer, like carrots and celery and sweet potatoes, onions, those have a longer shelf life. So use those later in the week. Make sure you're using up your more perishable things earlier in the week. That's one big tip. Um, I love that. That's a really good one. Another thing I love to do is um, when I see things going bad and I can't use them, let's say like we just have a couple days of, you know, that we're going to be out or whatever. I either um, I take them and I either just chop them and freeze them for later use, like just raw, or I will roast it, like roast them all together and then just freeze them in portions 
to to uh, puree and use in like burgers, in pasta sauces, um, in soups and things like that. So that, you know, I get them before they go bad. That's a great tip. I love that. And I recommend the same thing, you know, that when you start seeing something going bad and you know, you can't cook it, don't wait till it's already gone bad, you know, put it in the freezer, like, you know, like make a little broth, you know, that's another great thing you can do with produce that's, uh, you know, start making a soup or something like that. That's another great thing once a week in the season. I love to make a soup and just start putting in all the produce, you know? Yes. So ahead. Don't wait till it's already gone. You know, if you have a bunch of berries that you know are about to go, like let's put them on everything today. We're going to have them on our cereal. We're going to have them for dessert. Um, smoothies are another great way to use up produce because you can put veggies and in, in your smoothies and, um, you know, so if you've got some leafy greens that are starting to look kind of wilty, just throw them in there. So yep. try to try to get ahead of the curve with those wasted items. I think that's great. Which reminds me of another thing you can do is use all of the plant. And in America, we're really bad again, because we're not connected with our food system. We haven't, many of us, you know, don't grow up in the farm regions anymore. Uh, so we just think like when you buy broccoli, you think that that, that, that it just grows like that on the plant, but broccoli grows with really delicious, nutritious leaves. You know, so if you do see leaves with your broccoli, eat the leaves, the cabbage is this, you know, the, the outer cabbage leaves, cauliflower leaves. So thinking about all of the parts of the plant, not just the little tiny thing, but there's so much edible part, like the leaves of celery, um, you know, the, the leaves of beets and radishes, they're edible. So trying to, you know, make sure we use as much of the plant as possible, even the, the skins, you know, I try to remind people not to peel your vegetables because so much of the fiber and the nutrition is on the outside anyway. And if there is a really tough skin, you know, sometimes you can't avoid it, but you know, I feel like 95% of the time you could eat almost every skin uh, that comes on a vegetable or fruit. But if for some reason it's not, a, you can't avoid it, you can use the skins and like your vegetable broth or um, in a puree or something like that, a pureed soup or something like that. So finding creative ways to use the whole plant. Yes, yes, absolutely. And one thing that I love to do when it comes to that is, um, so, you know, with kids, they can get picky. So sometimes I do have to peel things, but I have a bag and I put my peels and, you know, the things that you're talking about, like the sleeves of the celery, all those little parts that um, people tend to throw away, I put it in a bag and I keep it in the freezer. And when the bag is full, I make veggie broth out of it. So you put it in a pot. It's seriously like cannot be easier. You literally put that in a pot with water. I, um, I have like a little one page guide that I created that it, like the um, ratio, but I'm kind of lazy. So sometimes I just stick it in the pot because the bag, I use a gallon bag. So it's enough to kind of stick in like a regular, like a larger pot. And I just fill it with water and a little bit of herbs, a little bit of um, pink salt. And I just simmer it most of, you know, a lot of the day with the top on and it makes like a great veggie broth. So again, you're not only saving money, but you're using those scraps in another way. I love that. Veggie broth is a great thing to make with all these scraps, you know, so and that's a great idea. Just start to collect them and then you can use it, keep it in your refrigerator to use for sauces or you yep. know, all the times you use veggie broth, you know? Oh, exactly. I mean, it can't be, it can't be easier. It really can't be easier. So, um, 
those are all some great tips. I love all those. I love what you said too about putting the stuff you want to use first um, in the front so that you visually see them. Because so many of us, we're so busy, you know, it's it's not a shocker that we forget things when you cannot visually see them. Yes. Um, you know, another thing that I like to uh, recommend is to compost. And this is kind of actually the very end of everything. Like first I want you to use everything. But if for some reason you have some veggie scraps that you can't use, I really recommend that everybody have a compost bin. I keep mine under the sink and then I just bring it out when I'm cooking. And this is, again, this is the very last scenario should be your compost bin, but it could be like anything that you can't use. And then that, uh, you know, collecting your kitchen scraps. And then I put it in my compost pile outside and I collect, uh, kitchen scraps, any clippings from my garden, they all go in the compost pile. And I basically have this amazing rich soil that I use in my veggie garden and all over my prop, my home. And so then you don't have to use synthetic fertilizers and you're kind of like, you know, you're recycling your nutrients that way. I love that. I love it. That's a good one. Um, another thing actually I like to do and uh, my husband's actually, it's, it's a thing with me is He'll come downstairs and he'll be like, oh, we have nothing for dinner. There's nothing. Should we just get takeout? And I'm like, okay, move out of the way, buddy. So I'll go and I'll create this meal that he says, I can create things out of nothing. He's like, I don't know how you do it, but you create things out of nothing. So I love playing the game of clean, like meal nights where you just clean out the fridge or the pantry. And it's a great thing to do where you just like, if you can make it like a, a fun game, even within a family, like you take out everything you have and everybody has ideas. Like, what can we make with this? Um, and I've done that before where I'll go, I did it a while ago where I would go on my Instagram stories when um, I did a lot of lives and I would just tell people, throw things at me. What do you have in your fridge and pantry? What do you have? And I'll tell you what you can make. It's it's one of those things, like, you know how people have these weird random skills? It's kind of one of my weird random skills. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably your all your time spent in Greece, because I think that's the way people used to live, you know, in food cultures around the world. My mother grew up on a farm in Arkansas, like literally, you you know, you made something out of nothing. There's a saying of making something of nothing in many food cultures. Yes, and that's exactly right. You know, like people didn't have the luxury of going to the supermarket. They had to literally look at what they had on the farm. People even forage, you know, I know they do that in Greece too. Um, yes. You know, so they would, you know, people would even go into the forests and pick things to eat, you know, cause it was free and growing their own food. So you literally, you, you looked at what you had and this is the history of all the amazing recipes we have all over the world is okay. I have, rice growing right now. I also have uh, this ginger and then these types of vegetables are very seasonal. What can I do with those? And then pretty soon we have this Thai green curry with eggplants. That's now, you know, a tradition in Thailand. So I love that. And, and we can create new ideas, new family favorite recipes too. So have you, um, have you, so uh, one thing like uh, we, I kind of have uh, talked a little bit about in the past and I know that you've done is like the food, like upcycling. So like we just said, like using, so recipes for using parts of the plant that you wouldn't use. Like I, I know there's a lot out there with like carrot pesto. We talked about the broth with the scraps, but there's a restaurant down here. If you're ever in this area in Oceanside called um, The Plot. 
And they are so creative with things like that. They are very low waste and they make this like, I think it's like, I can't even remember everything now, but like um, the pulp when they make, you know, the milk or whatever, the pulp from the almonds, they use it to make like filling for sushi, like all this crazy stuff. It's a plant-based restaurant, but it's called The Plot. So if you're ever here, you need to visit it because it's amazing. Sounds so good. I, I know another chef, um, Naisha Arrington in LA, who is famous for finding creative ways to upcycle, you know, like even like a lot of times people will take the spines off kale. And so like she finds ways to, to use all of these little parts that normally would be thrown out. And I, I have to try that restaurant. So I do love that upcycling. I, I, you gave a good example. Like if you're making your own plant milk, there's a lot of that almond. Like if, if you're making almond milk, for example, that almond fiber, there's a lot of it that's left and that's super nutritious. So I always try to find ways. Um, I'll put it in my granola. I put it in my, you know, baked goods. I even mix it into my dog food, you know, cause that's way too good to throw out. So I do think that um, you know, there are ways that you can use some of these other ingredients. Smoothies are just an amazing way to, use they really it. are. So that would be good for smoothies too, smoothie bowls, uh, or just, you know, fruit smoothies, so uh, fruit and veggie smoothies. So what, another, um, I'm oh sorry. no, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, I was going to ask you the spines from the kale. What, what did you say that she did with those? So she would, uh, she was doing something like, um, um, almost like kale chips. She was okay. uh, at high temperature, brushing them with olive oil and then turning them into these little crunchy things that she would put on top of recipes. And I don't have, have it exactly right, but she would almost use it as like a topping. And then she Got would it. make vegetable dusts. I don't know if you've heard about this. Like some I have, yes. Yes. So they're like cooking these vegetable parts at really high heat and almost creating like a powder, like a, a smoky powder. That's like a finishing thing. I mean, the chefs are doing some cool things and I don't have the recipes. I'm not an expert at this, but it would be fun to try. Yes. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And I was just going to say that, you know, you know, like we were talking about the fact that food cultures around the world found ways to use everything, you know, like you were talking about the bread, the day old bread, that's a very big food tradition in many cultures where you would never throw out the bread. You would find it, you would use it in breadcrumbs or croutons. That's why we have these things in our uh, food cuisine, bread pudding. You would find ways to use everything. And a lot of things like my mother, you know, if you ever had leftover mashed potatoes, then you make potato pancakes. You know, that's what her, you know, you would never ever waste that. Or if you had leftover boiled potatoes, you cubed them up and made hash or, you know, like, so kind of that cook once, eat, eat two or three times. Yep. So, you know, like, I'm sure when you're like finding these things, like if you have a pot of beans that you've cooked, there's so many things to do with cooked beans, whether it's a wrap or a salad or mashed beans and a veggie burger. I mean, you can just go crazy with just what you could do with some leftover cooked beans in your fridge. Yes. Um, I love that you said you brought that up about the different um, cultures and all these foods, like you said, bread pudding. Another one is ribolita soup, the Tuscan ribolita soup. I have a recipe for it on my website. And when I was researching it, cause I love to research like different cultures and foods, um, when I'm creating new things, but 
that's where it came from. Like they use the day old bread and the ribolita soup to make the soup. And actually when you make that recipe, like you really want stale bread, like it, it actually tastes better that way. So um, yes, and panzanilla salad, um, all those things. Yes, absolutely. I, I think that it. makes it interesting and fun to try ways, you know, like think like our ancestors did and how they used everything. They never threw anything out. It was way too precious. Absolutely. Way too precious. Um, and then lastly, before we go, I want to talk um, some ideas on, um, like you said, the schmor the, when you brought up the smorgasbord, like taking out all the leftovers. Well, I know people that are like, I don't like leftovers. My husband doesn't eat leftovers. But in my opinion, like that doesn't mean you throw it away. Like what about ideas on how you can take a meal of some sort and redo it into something else? Like I oftentimes will take the leftover vegetables and I will puree them and put them in burgers. So you're making like a whole new meal and you're not eating what's there if you don't quote unquote like leftovers. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I do hear people say, oh, I don't, they don't taste good. I don't agree with that at all. I think a lot of things taste even better the second day, but um, I get that. And, and I think that's a, a way to repurpose it. Uh, one thing I like to do is our, you know, grain bowls, everybody loves grain bowls, right? And, and that's a great way to repurpose leftovers because you like, if you've made, um, you know, a stir fry with brown rice and you have leftover brown rice, like make a grain bowl and maybe you have some leftover, you know, roasted carrots in the oven. There's your topping and then you can open a can of chickpeas and then just put a little sauce. So those are other ways. Um, and then sandwiches are a great way. Like even roasted vegetables are really good on sandwiches. Um, hummus, you know, uh, refried beans are good in so many different things. So yes. yeah, I think you can, uh, be creative. I even uh, was at a restaurant where they had a vegan pizza called uh, the kitchen sink pizza. And it had, it was their number one pizza, by the way, it had stuff like macaroni and cheese. on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was just like all of this stuff. It would, it was like somebody opened the leftovers out of the refrigerator and just put it all in a pizza. And it's, it was so good. So I think it, it, you, you can be creative and, and think of some ways. Absolutely. I love the sandwiches. Like we do a lot of paninis with um, like random leftover things. Cause you know, you put in like we, I, my favorite um, uh, dairy free cheese that um, I love is the follow your heart, the uh, provolone flavor and it melts amazing. So I will always put, you know, even just for myself when I'm here, you know, by myself having lunch now, I'll just see what is left over and I'll put it in some bread and put some cheese on it and make it into a panini. And it's, it's amazing. Yes. I, I know one of my favorite leftovers, I know I talk about beans all the time, but if I make a pot of beans, I love to make um, like almost like a taco salad for lunch. So, you know, and I just put whatever leafy greens, I have whatever vegetables, if I've got tomatoes or whatever, and puts, and then I put corn chips on top, like baked tortilla chips. So I've, it's kind of like a taco salad. So it's that same idea what you're talking about where you're making something really cool out of that other ingredient. Yes. Well, and also, um, sometimes I'll, I'll puree it into like pasta sauce because, you know, I'll blend it so kids can't really see, um, or, um, I'll, like I leftover beans. I do like my whole, um, homemade, like pinto beans or black beans that I make. And if 
if we see it as it is, you'll eat it a few days and then they'll get sick of it. But then I'll take it and I'll put it in a food processor with like leftover veggies and make like a bean dip out of it. And all of a sudden it's like a dip and something different. And, and they're, they're eating it like they've never you know had it before. But I'm like giggling to myself because I'm like, oh, yeah, well, same exact thing you had yesterday, but just shown in a different way. <laughs> exactly. I like the dip idea because so many bean dips start with whether it's black beans or chickpeas or whatever. Yep. Uh, and yep, the pasta exactly. sauce is great. Of course, soups, we talked a little bit about that, but even like the pureed soups, um, that's yes. a great way too. My mom does that a lot. She makes a lot of pureed soups and um, it's basically just, you know, vegetables and beans with some, um, her secret to pureed soups actually is um, potato. She puts a lot of potato in it because it gives it some structure um, and a lot of good flavor because she'll either roast the potato with, amazing flavors or, you know, saute it, um, with like, you know, onion and stuff. And it makes a great base for pureed soups. So, um, yeah. without ne needing, you know, a ton of stuff. So this has been so awesome, Sharon. Thank you so much for coming on here and giving us all this wealth of information. And I, um, I have Sharon's uh, website, um, linked. I will have it linked in the blog post that goes along with this. So, you can check her out and um, support her. And you have a new book coming out. Want to tell us about that real quick? Yeah, my new book is California Vegan. It just came out. So you can check it out. It's it's uh, based on the food traditions in California, where I know you live as well. But also, you know, just kind of telling the story of California cuisine as it relates to the plant-based movement, even the history. Um, and then also sharing some of the diverse uh, food cultures in California, as well as locations, because we have so many mini kind of geographic locations where we have different food food styles. And it's just a kind of an inspirational way to kind of freshen up your own plant-based cooking style, no matter where, the, where you live. And even if you're eating just more of a plant-based diet, it can give you some new ideas. So it's called California Vegan. You can check it out at SharonPalmer.com. And it's also on Amazon and all the other bookstores. And I have that linked. I will have that linked in the blog post as well. So you guys can check it out because um, it looks absolutely beautiful. It really does. Congratulations, by the way, having, I know you've written multiple books. I've only done one and I'm not sure if I'm a one and done but it is so much work and your book looks amazing. Thank you. It is a lot of work. It's a labor of love, right? Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but again, thank you so much for being here and all of you listening. Thank you for, you know, listening to this. And I hope we gave you some great tips so you can get started, you know, little changes. That's really all it is in, in the world is just if everyone makes little tiny changes in their everyday life, you know, collectively, um, it's a big change. So, um, yeah, I just appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's so fun being here. And uh, those of you listening, make sure you tune in next time because I'm going to have a guest on and we are going to have um, a little bit of a tough conversation about veganism and racism. So it's going to be another great episode, but thanks everybody. I so appreciate you and all your time.